Welcome to what the if my musical timing is off today. In fact, musical timing, interesting, that ties into our if, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but first, uh, I want to welcome um, Gabby Panicia, our incredible co-host, co-captain. How are you? I'm doing good, surviving despite the uh, jackhammers raging outside my window every morning at 7 a.m. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's an advertisement for move, moving to New York. That This will help us keep yes. the population down a little bit, you know. It's great, the, the jackhammer. It's the, the um, call of the jackhammer. The hero <laughs> echoing through the streets. That's pretty good. <laughs> the jackhammer matings. <laughs> uh, I'm Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker and host. And um, our uh, third uh, crew member, uh, Professor Matt Stanley, his historian of science, um, is out today. He is on assignment, as we say in the news business. Um, I did not give him this assignment. We don't know where the assignment came from, but I'm sure it's important and dangerous. And so we will look forward to hearing hearing more when Matt gets back. Um, but we have a very special guest with us today. In fact, who? Uh, you've heard us mention before our um, incredible uh, senior researcher and intern, uh, Gabby uh, Gabby V, as opposed to Gabby P, who's our our host. And and uh, Gabby V, you said you sometimes you you just go by Gabby intern. Which yeah, is that works. <laughs> not the most elegant title, but we'll, we'll, we'll we can continue to work on that. Um, but you brought along with you a special guest today who we've been looking forward to have having on and uh she has for instance by the way uh anybody can send in ideas uh and if you do you become a super ifer i'll say a little bit more about that in a second um but your special guest today laura uh has provided a number of amazing ideas that's in our idea bank going forward um so uh gabby why don't you introduce uh laura Wow, that's such a such a big honor. But I'll let you do it because I don't want to like. Okay. <laughs> I'm Laura. I'm an NYU student and a friend of Gabby, the intern. I'm currently an English major, but then I'm planning right. on like declaring a politics major also. Um, all right, real quick, we're going to get to our if here in a second. I uh, just want to read. Uh, we got a uh, fabulous. Note coming in from one of you in the audience. Uh, can I open up? Let's go to the mailbag. Oh, yeah. Bill, long time, long time. You, you've heard us mention, in fact, the subject of his letter today will indicate his his extraordinary uh, status um, here in the uh, if, if her community of ifers. Um, Bill says... Uh, Subject, honor, uh, is a bill from Virginia, and he says, uh, honored to be the first inductee into the What the If Hall of Fame, in all caps. That's, I think, we, we mentioned that in a prior uh, episode. Um, 
Philip, Matt, and Gabby, I am honored, says Bill, that you have selected me to be the very first inductee into the What the If Hall of Fame. Yes, indeed. In fact, when Matt gets back, I think, Bill, we will will have a proper ceremony. Um, the induction, but, he, but there already was one, as you know, just like sometimes you watch uh, the Oscars and it turns out there was like a whole nother ceremony that was like at a luncheon or something. They didn't air it. This is, I guess, what happened here. And he says the induction ceremony that he was at was fabulous. The speeches were short and pithy. The dinner was tasty and the wine plentiful, clearly. So I also <laughs> want to thank you for this. This is. I also, Bill, you're awesome. I want to thank you for the What The If Hall of Fame World Tour. Since you announced the award, the tour has taken me to many of the world's finest research facilities. My favorite, of course, was CERN, where I asked two profound questions. One, what the if the speed of gravity was not the same as the speed of light? That's actually pretty cool. Uh, number two, what... Now, this is where... This is a really important one. In fact, we need to... I think this one we may need to establish a committee uh, to study. What the if when you bend a piece of dry, uncooked spaghetti, it did not break into three pieces? The horror. Important ramifications for dinner time. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the monetary award as the first inductee into the What the If Hall of Fame has not yet arrived in the mail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. All right. Now we're going to get to our own if and our our uh, super ifer here, Laura from New York City, from New York University. What what inspired you to submit this if? And then just tell us a tiny bit about it. And then we will launch what we do here is uh, Gabby, just Gabby P. Tell us what do we do? What are we doing here? Somebody is totally new. Like what? Yeah. There's country music. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we come up with a thought experiment, a simple, you know, what if, and follow its ramifications out as it usually breaks the universe. Um, so one simple change that sort of starts the dominoes falling. Uh, right. Or the spaghetti breaking. Or the spaghetti breaking, yes, throughout our reality. Exactly. Exactly. So, Laura, one thing you mentioned was you're a big, big fan of, um, as we all are here, uh, science fiction yeah, and um, and so tell us about tell us about the idea you've come up, you've brought to the table today. I think a lot of it probably has to do with probably it goes back to like Back to the Future. Like since I was like a kid, I loved that movie. Yes, and then yes, classic. as like as I got older, there were so many different stories that involved our topic today, but in like so many different circumstances and like within its limits. And it's just like I would find myself like thinking about it outside of like the topic or like outside of the story. Like I'd be trying to figure it out and be like, that doesn't make sense. Like, how could that happen? Or how could people interact that way? Like, that's so confusing. But yeah. And that's so right. I think the latest like Disney series, Loki, is what really was like, I need to talk about this now. Yeah. Fantastic. So here I here we go. What the if? We could travel in time, 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 time. 
If the what? That was a time travel joke there. That was backwards. So what if we could travel in time? And and uh, as with all our scenarios, we have to uh, define our terms or... Gabby, Gabby, what do you call it when you, you're beginning an experiment? You ask a question of like, what is it? It's not defining terms. Set the parameters or define... Yeah, you have to just kind of define the scope of, of what you're looking at. Um, so I think for this, one of the first important things we have to figure out is, well, how are we time traveling? Because in every time travel show, book, there's always a slightly different method of how people travel through time. Uh, yep. Whether it's a DeLorean going 88 miles an hour, um, or you are somehow able to go back into your own memories and alter the past, or there is a bureaucracy out of time enabling you to step through magical doorways and enter different places on the timeline. It's kind of important to know what you're working with in order to kind of figure out where you're going to go. So I feel like this is when I got to say, Laura, as a resident time travel media expert, what, you know, throw out some ones that you're interested in and, and maybe why. I mean, the one that interests me the most is probably the one I would not do whatsoever. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that would that? be. What is that? Yeah. That, like, so there's a series on Netflix, a German Netflix series called Dark, and they time travel, and it's, if, like any like spoilers ahead just in case for people listening right. or spoilers but behind if you're traveling it, uh in time that's very yeah. true <laughs> <laughs> so it's like usually they travel they can only travel like a set 33 years forward or backwards and most of the time what they do to change their circumstances is what ends up leading into like what started it to begin with so no matter what they do it just creates this whole like time loop that keeps repeating and nobody can get out of it. And I think it's probably the most interesting because it really means like you can interact with your past self and nothing will change it and usually just leads into those circumstances. So they also, then, so in this, in this scenario, they let you, cause this is always a big issue, right? In, mm -hmm. in, in the, in whatever time travel scenario you're exploring, meeting yourself is a huge issue. Right. Yeah. And or, um, and so in this one, you're saying they don't they let you meet yourself, but it yeah you and most, annihilate yourself. <laughs> yeah. So like, okay. there's like circumstances where they like interact with their parents and everything, or they like cause something, and it's like right. usually what leads into whatever they're trying to avoid, and it's like this weird thing that just keeps on happening. Right. 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 That's funny. That's kind of yeah. funny. You keep going back in time and trying to solve it. And, and so is it that they keep going back in time, trying to figure trying to solve that to avoid? Yeah. That, they're like that trying thing. to get out of this like loop to like right, try because right. eventually it's like there's this doomsday and they're trying to avoid it or prevent yeah. it. That is and a classic one. Like, does not happen. Yeah. But. It reminds me one of my favorites uh, is, is it called Edge of Tomorrow? Tom Cruise, right? And it's kind of like it's like a video game, or or it, which this this notion is a little bit like that too, where it's like it's kind of like if if the bad thing is, you know, it's a level you're trying to, it's a puzzle you're trying to solve, right? And you keep going back and back and back. Um, and uh, another one, actually, I got. Do you know? Do you guys know the movie Primer? No. Oh man, not. you should check this out. It is amazing indie film. Um, Shane Carruth is the name of the director and he was really, he was a mathematician and, 
decided, you know, to make a sci-fi movie kind of in the style of Kubrick a little bit, but also sort of normcore meets Kubrick or something. But uh, an amazing movie. And and in that one, uh, not really spoiler because it's sort of the movie begins this way. Uh, they actually, and, and Gabby, uh, you would especially like it because it's very, it has this like incredibly real, almost documentary feel about the science. You know, um, they go into a lab. I'm a sucker for good science in a in a movie. Yeah, yeah, no, this is really good. And he's a mathematician, so the the the, you know, like all the good science fiction, um, the the thought experiment, whatever the plot of the movie is, really well thought out um, and deep. So anyway, they accidentally invent a time machine. And um, they were trying to do something else. And uh, but they end up the, the, the problem is, which you see right away near the beginning of the movie, is that um, each time they come back to the present, they realize they've created doubles of themselves. Mm. And then it just goes, mm. on, just goes on from there. Um, what do you what would you so go ahead? What would you like? I mean, like, my favorite one is, like, the idea of, like, a multiverse, where, like, there's multiple different versions of you, like, existing at the same time and branching off. Like, the amount of possibilities that can happen with it is, like, infinite. And, of course, the strangest thing about that is if those, like, if you just branch off into another, for instance, we, we've had uh, Sean Carroll on our show. We've done a few different, uh, for listeners who are interested in this topic, we've done a few different episodes over the years. Uh, in our library, you can go kind of find them. We had Sean Carroll on, who's a physicist who has done a lot of great work and, uh, and, and is kind of a proponent of the multi, the many worlds hypothesis. Um, but of course, the thing is, well, you know, if we're going into it, we may very well be going into, you know, multiple universes right now, but we are only aware of one of them. Um, I, I will mention also Alistair Reynolds uh, has a book, um, Permafrost. In as a kind of short, a little like a novella, which I recommend. And there's also scientists kind of studying it, and when they realize that it's real, and uh, you know, again, not really a spoiler alert, but it comes a point where they recognize that you can, if you really are aware of it, you can pay attention, you can feel the alternate. You can, you know, that that you anyway. Basically, it's sort of like what if in your mind, just for a second, kind of like that feeling of like when you wake up or something, you have some idea, and you try to remember your dream, right? And it just disappears. This is in this movie, in this movie, in this book, they kind of have that experience. Like wait, there it is. The uh, well, yeah, no, of course we're here. Of course, this has always been the way it is. You know. I think the multiverse is kind of attractive too, because if you think about, you know, your own life, there's a hundred little moments you could probably think about pretty quickly that, you know, wouldn't work out the way you are. So for example, the most obvious one for me is that the reason why I'm a good scientist is that I got into a lab in college. But if you look at sort of the way the dominoes fell, I got into that lab because I was a part of the Women in Science and Engineering program. I was only a part of the Women in Science Engineering program because when they actually originally denied me, my dad called them up in what I considered a cringe move at the time. and was like, hey, why? And it was basically just that, you know, they kind of just like didn't notice my application. Not that they actually didn't (laughs) want me. Um, And so I, because of that, I got into WISE. When my PI sent out an email to uh, the, you know, someone at WISE saying, hey, I'm looking for a student. I also happen to be procrastinating on chemistry at just that same time. And so I responded to the email. I My final schedule meant I was staying longer than most people. So I had an interview first thing. 
I got the position. And then because I got that position, I got other internship positions and other opportunities. And now I'm at Rockefeller and I'm a scientist. Um, and I don't think that would have happened if my dad hadn't tipped the one domino and called, made that phone call. So out there, there is an alternate universe version of me who might not be a scientist right now. Yeah. Or what is she, what is she doing? Very different university. Uh, I like to think that she has a mohawk. Um, maybe she's, maybe she went into oceanic studies. So I'm just for, the, for those somewhere. who are, who, cause this is audio only for those who not just want people to know this, the current, I do not currently have a mohawk. Does not have a mohawk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a version of me with like a bright blue mohawk who's out on the ocean studying stingrays or something like that right now. And the interesting thing is, what now that you've mentioned that, I wonder if something happened in that universe. Like, is it like like in quantum mechanics, if you observe something or you kind of recognize something exists, sometimes it just disappears entirely. You might have entirely just wiped out somebody's. You might you might have destroyed yeah. an entire timeline right there. <laughs> Possible by acknowledging that Mohawk Gabby exists, I have inadvertently yes. brought about yes. her destruction. Yes. And so we beg the one who is aware of this Gabby not to just mention it. Just go about your business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Laura, what is your um, what is uh, one of your uh, alter? What's happening with you and in, in some other universes right now? I mean, I have a twin sister, so sometimes I look at oh, her wow. and I'm like, if the roles were reversed in a different universe, I would be in her shoes. So that means, like, because she studies my sister, she studies uh, at the University of Edinburgh. So I'm always like, mm. that'd be so weird if I were the one who went to like Scotland for school and she was in New York. And there was a chance where she was supposed to go to college in New York and then she didn't. So there's also that possibility of like, she could be here with me right now, but she's not. But I know like in the alternate universe in a different place she is and that like that played out to be that way. It's just so strange to think about. But that's definitely yeah. stuff I think about in like relationship yeah. to my sister Right. So if we're, we're scientists and, and this is, comes up each time is one thing I'm always really curious to do is how can we try to figure out, here's the thing. There's a, there is as, as much as we desire multiple universes or this idea of the multiverse to exist, perhaps at least, cause it, at the very least it means that there are variations we could have, we could pursue for good or bad. And um, the most difficult thing in the world is testing it. Right. It's just, impossible um do any of these do any of the science fiction stories you're aware of and i'm trying to think myself deal with that trying to for instance this alistair reynolds one does because they're scientists but it's it's uh um I have usually it's just that, a given go ahead, go ahead yeah i have encountered some that they don't necessarily test the existence of the multiverse but some part of the science of built of accessing it is there. Right. Um, so for example, in uh, recursion, which is a book, um, it, you kind of are able to go back and time is clearly something that, you know, since it's a, you know, construct in the way that we perceive the universe um, by mapping your brain and mapping certain memories, you can go back into a memory and physically be back at that time. Um, and so there's a little bit about like the neuroscience of recording um, memories and how do you image the parts of the brain to sort of lock this in or whatever. Um, but it low key requires like killing you in like a sensory deprivation tank. So it's probably not the best way to go about it. Um, 
but the sensory deprivation tank sounds fun. Maybe that part was good. Um, right now we are, here, here's the thing. If this is happening and strong Carol says it is, he believes it, it's very likely to be, um, right now we are splitting off into like literally just as we go. Right. Um, and one of the most disturbing aspects of that is, is what exactly counts as the splitting. But in some ways, I think you'd have to say it's everything. So the, the number of variations is so mind boggling. Right. Um, how does that make you feel, Laura? I mean, it's kind of exciting because then, you know, there's like so many different possibilities. Like there's one where like someone's like, I'm the president of the United States somehow, like that just happened. And then there's others where it's like, because there's like probably moments where it's like very small things that are different. Like instead I have yeah. long hair and just like, I don't wear glasses or don't need glasses. And so small things like that. But I think it's pretty cool that there's like all these possibilities out there happening. Yeah. All the, in fact, you know, one thing I don't think people we generally consider is how far this would go. Like, what does it mean? I mean, you know, so far that we're not human, we're not, uh, right? I mean, uh, yeah. that's an interesting question. Like, if there are multiverses, how how broad is the uh, scope of what could possibly be? Um, and the other thing is that we are very likely, you know, let's say that's true. Well, then we are extremely we are extremely weird with the situation we're in now with the let alone how weird this podcast is it on any given day we are the freaks <laughs> you know to the just to, to the other ones out there in yeah. the timeline yeah there's probably a huge swath of the timeline that doesn't include us if some of this timeline is just you know the right yeah. pieces of the you know molecular soup of the primordial world didn't come together in the right way, then we mm -hmm. never got here. All of life never got here. Right. Um, so there might be vast chunks of the timeline where Earth is just a dead rock, but I don't yeah. really feel like those are the really nice, fun things to visit. If you've got the mult, like let's say, let's say we've already hacked into the multiverse. Yeah. The science has been done by some egghead in the back room, um, and we are just the people with a big red button. And we are staring at the fully arrayed multiverse in front of us. I mean, that's kind of cool. You've got you've got timelines where you know maybe your life really sucks. Then you've got timelines where it's really really great. This so, is I mean, very cool. This idea that almost like, uh, and again, I always say this like, I'm sure there's a sci-fi story or something out there like this. I've not heard of it. That you <laughs> this this sounds very Black Mirror actually. That like you could almost for entertainment, you know, say what, let me just look at some of my futures, you know, all these, all you could just bring up, you know, I, I just imagine like you could do it in VR and you just see like a million almost little windows. Right. And you're like, Oh, look there, there, there. And you can touch any of them and boom, you go into it. Um, but yeah, to go into it, there would yeah. be two of you. Yeah. Yes. So there comes the bind of time travel in order to take you know, that version's place. You have to destroy it, which is a little metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you have I to mean, destroy okay. what do you, do you mean? Do you, do you, what do you imagine happens when you go into that? Well, I imagine if you're going to try to take over this life, you can't just sort of fuse with the version of yourself that's there. You are, 
Well, I guess, I mean, I think that's probably two things. A, yeah. If you, some, some interpretations might have you just stepping into that place, like right. you used into the timeline. But I'm imagining this is a little bit of like a, like a, I guess, Terminator time travel situation. <laughs> you've, you've got to like kill your past. You've got to kill your other version self and just totally take its place. Which of course to me brings in immediately the concept of like time traveling bounty hunters that like. Wouldn't it like also just create another alternative, you know, like, cause then it, it plays out the one where it's like you meet your other past. So then it's like a different branch in a, like in and of itself. If you interact yeah. with the other one. So right. then it's that like, is now its own going. branch, the one where you entered. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the more I think about this, the more I definitely am starting to understand uh, the Council of Ricks from Rick and Morty. Um, and like the, yeah. basically for those who haven't watched the show, there is a character who's able to travel throughout all of the multiverse, all of the different versions of themselves. And eventually he kind of just gets fed up and they kind of all band together and sort of make a giant citadel and a government and a city uh, where it's just himself and his grandson. Uh, <laughs> you are just kind of hanging out from a trillion different realities. And I think That's I'm kind of getting that now. Yeah. Um, uh, now, one thing, for instance, Stephen Hawking um, thought about this a bit and, and certainly some others. And, and they, one thing they said was that per one possible form of evidence for the fact that time travel is not possible is that he said if it was possible, we would right people would be doing it all the time for sure. So we would be seeing time travelers constantly. And do you guys know about his uh the party that he threw? I do. However, it could have just been really lame and I think we need to address that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for tell it. Okay, so tell us that. Yeah. I like this. Yes. I like this. Also, I love this alternate interpretation. Yeah. yeah. He threw a party and then sent the invitation out. I think it was days after it had happened. After the party, that's right. And of course, nobody showed up to it, but it was this thing that if time travelers existed, they could have gotten the invitation and just gone back in time to right. be at the party. But my, you know, it could have been lame or like so, maybe so they showed the up in a different timeline. <laughs> I love this. So what you're saying is the time travelers got the invitation and said, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. Or, or like, you know, the Time Travel Commission was like, mm, this is a trap. And then, oh, I, you know, no, that's good. This is I mean, they, they could have. This guy Hawking, he's trouble. Play out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Really he's so intimidating looking, right? So. Here's the weird thing. I, uh, I actually was invited to a dinner with Stephen Hawking and I have had dinner with Stephen Hawking, but I got the invitation prior uh, to it. It was, mm. a, it was a group thing. It wasn't just me. So, and shout out to my friend uh, Clifford uh, Clifford Johnson, physicist and brilliant professor out at uh, USC, who invited me to that. Um, so, uh, Laura, what's here's an interesting here's a here's an interesting actually question because I think this is so compelling. The number of stories that are written about this, right? And, and I, I feel like our, our the podcast here is like uh, this is a fun one actually because this is sort of like a summer thing. Like this almost feels like a little bit like a book club in a really cool way. Like the number of science fiction stories that are coming to mind about this particular topic is kind of amazing. Um, Tales from the Loop, another one, by the way, uh, mm. which was a show on, um, I think it was Netflix. 
Um, anyway, Tales from the Loop, if you've not seen that, check that out. It's beautiful. Loop does involve time in some strange way. Um, what do you... Um, how has it, this affected your life, do you think, thinking about that this idea might exist? I mean, I think, like, definitely has changed the way, like, and time is sometimes, like, the way I think of time, instead of it being, like, linear. Because, like, with all the different time-traveling stories, it's, like, it could be circular, it could, like, just go in and, and like, it's never-ending. But, and also just think of, like, so many different possibilities that could occur. So then it's, like, another way to be, like, yes, I'll say yes to this thing, because who knows what's going to come out of it. And, like, all that stuff. It's definitely, I guess, definitely changed the way I think of time and how to interact with people in terms of, like, if I say yes, what can come of it? And, like, what, like, the domino effect that it can happen. Ooh, so when you say it changed, so what was it, what was, like, um... Before the change, what, how did you think? And then when you... I mean, I think it's, like, very much... I was, like... T I don't think I ever really thought of time that often. <laughs> I think it was, like, classic, mm -hmm. like, linear. Just, like, it's just... There's only the past, and there's a present, and then there's mm -hmm. the future. And you just keep going forward. And then you also have, like, your clock from, like, one to... T like, the circular clock, which is, like, with all the numbers and that type of stuff. But definitely afterwards, I was just, like time sometimes like the way we think of it can be different and it's just not always linear like we are taught it's supposed to be yeah do you remember what was the, sort of the first time you grasped that idea and what what it was that was it a show or a book or it was definitely a show. Or, i like mentioned it earlier already but it was oh, definitely it's happening right now she's gone she's gone it <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna say I asked the question that caused oh good she's back yeah your timeline got annihilated there. Was like, <laughs> what I was going to say is that it was like, once again, it goes back to like that show that I was talking about, like dark, because it had uh -huh. to do with like this, this idea of the time is circular. And then I remember going to my mom and being like, I have never really thought of this before. And she's like, yeah, it, like time can be so many different things. And I was just like, and we were just like laying in bed, just thinking about it a lot. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Well, I think that ideas is kind of compelling too, because, you know, history repeats itself is certainly mm -hmm. something that we've seen. A lot of things just coincidentally wind up happening a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do they say about that? Those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. And yet I feel like those who learn history are also doomed to repeat it. <laughs> and yeah, and they kind of recognize that it's a repeat. <laughs> it's like no, no one yeah. else. Um, wow. So yeah, other things that come in, like Minority Report deals with this. Mm -hmm. Um, and Minority Report, the thing is like, uh, which is based on a Philip K. Dick story. And in fact, a lot of Philip K. Dick stories might involve things, strange things like this. Um, you know, if you could see a little bit in the future, you would be able to arrest people who are about to commit crimes, right? What could possibly go wrong? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then in the movie, strangely enough, that has to be three naked people in a bathtub that are the ones who seem to, I guess it's the sensory deprivation techniques. Um, and, uh, oh, there's another one. I just, I, I forgot it. Let's see. It's kind of um, in another timeline you remembered. In another, I did. That's true. Another timeline I have better memory. Um, uh, just wrapping up, Gabby, the, um, 
in bio, so in physics, I almost said we, we, the former we, uh, me in the alternate timeline that stayed in my main major and pursued, uh, stayed in physics and engineering. Um, in biology, do you deal with time in any way, or is it because all the processes take place? None of them are taking place near light speed, for instance, or. You know. Well, we, I mean, we do still deal with time. Time is still very yeah. important because, you know, I mean, I'm sort of to the virology, immunology side of things. And so when you do experiments, you often have to take time points. So distinct mm, places mm. in time where you're sampling what's happening because yeah. processes don't inf- unfold immediately. Often they're cascades of events that lead to something. Much like, you know, rest of things that we've been talking about on the timeline. And so you need to sample at individual points to figure out what's going on. Um, much as you might have to read the news every day to figure out what's happening in the world, you can't just sort of look out and be like, yeah, I can tell the situation of trade between two countries on the other side of the world. No, you can't do that just by looking at the position of the sun. You need to read the news. Yeah. Um, and so we, we sample across at time points. And I think there's an episode uh, where I am in the beginning lamenting six-hour time points because it meant I had to be yeah. in the lab at 3 a.m. That's yeah. right. In an well, alternate just, timeline, I wouldn't have done that. That's right. That's right. Um, well, you overslept. Uh, slept, you slept your way into a totally different timeline. And yeah, so those maybe our dreams are us traveling in other timelines. Um, you, you said an interesting thing, by the way. You said places in time, uh, which I think gets to the crux of the whole thing. I mean, I just have to note that. And also, you know, shout out to Matt. I, I met Matt because he, he was on the, I made a documentary about Einstein. And just thinking about time caused Einstein to, you know, everything that he brought to the world, which many, some, some things which are still hard for us to grasp, just came about from him thinking about this business of time. You know, he was riding a bus, for instance, and he had one of his great ideas. He was riding a bus and he looked back at uh, the clock tower that happened to be on his street. And he thought, well, what happens if, and then he had great revelation. So um, space and time and, and all that kind of stuff. Very, very, very cool. Um the mind reels. This is excellent. I like this. You know, I think maybe we should do book club. And and the fact that Laura, you're an English major, seems to fit in with this notion. I mean, people do periodic book clubs. The great stories about different um, topics. Those of you who are listening, send in. You know, what are your favorite time travel stories, books, TV, movies, stories grandma told, uh, etc. Um, <laughs> grandma, you're time traveling. It's like the time traveling yeah. grandma. You know. Everyone's got one of those. Oh, see, there's a great one right there. <laughs> um, uh, so, Laura, you're, you're you're bringing in politics. Do you, do you see yourself? When, and I'm always curious with English majors. Do you see yourself as a writer at some point, or do you see now maybe? What do you think you're? What would you like to do when you graduate? I definitely would in, love in to this be a writer. Timeline. In this I'm timeline, sorry, yeah, yeah. In this timeline, I would love to be a writer and like have a bunch of topics about it and then somehow tie that in with politics so i guess like essays but also like fiction because fiction's always very fun but, yeah, yeah 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 it's interesting you mentioned, you mentioned that actually because politics i wasn't making that connection but like so, politics or sociological ideas or mm-hmm. systems and things like that are a huge part of science fiction in fact yeah. in, many, in, in many ways science fiction is often more about that, you know, as they say, it's not about aliens; it's about us. It's uh, yeah. You know, in in imagine a memory author. called Empire is a great book that I just read, which has both Ooh. politics and aliens. So, oh. combination. Is it that the politicians are aliens? 
Well, yes, and also it's about space politics in sci-fi Aztec empire. It slaps. Oh. <laughs> like Aztecs with the, with the rip out your heart Aztecs and the pyramids kind of thing? Ah, uh, that actual is Aztecs? yeah, not actual Aztecs. The, okay. the the civilization is heavily inspired by, but yeah, it, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Stargate had a bit okay. of, well, I guess, more, but yeah, Stargate had pyramids too. I guess English and politics, Egyptian. it's a good mix. Very good, very good. Yeah, good luck. And and by the way, I appreciate it because I think we need both both of those things. We need good literature and some good politics. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, some politicians who who you know were steeped in the humanities would wouldn't hurt. Um, so that's amazing. So uh, good luck when when uh, you begin your junior year coming up. Is that what you said? Yeah, my Are junior you? year is coming up. So I'm okay. graduating twenty twenty three. All right, all right. Well, we'd love to uh, come back, and I want well, we want to see. We'll get at least one of your one of you from one of your timelines to come on the show. Sounds future, great. That would be fantastic. That would be That'd fantastic. Be great. Um, thank, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you to uh, to Gabby V for bringing you to us. And thank you for, by the way, we should mention you've um, right, uh, Gabby P is knows you, Laurie, right? You wrote like lists of ideas of all kinds of cool stuff, yeah. which we'll, we will be featuring uh, going forward. It's amazing. So you are a um, super. See, already in the past, you are a super effort. That's great, like great. that. That had already happened. It was just it just happened right now. Um, Gabby, uh, Gabby P. Anything you would like to plug? Is there anything you looking ahead in your timelines right now? Is there any particular? Oh, my timeline is empty. I well, <laughs> I have my qual. I have my qualifying coming up, so that is it. And after that, I am, a, I am shutting down. What's a qualifying? Oh, it is basically the point at which uh, they look at the first two years of your PhD and be like. You can stay in the program, oh. or they eat you out. So it's, wow, it's really? a little terrifying. You have to you have to pitch your idea. I mean, granted, most people pass. Almost everyone at Rockefeller passes. I don't think I've heard of anyone who doesn't. Right. But it's still terrifying, and I kind of want to yeah. make sure I do a good job. And then after that, I'm just sort of riding a timeline, and I'm gonna just decompress. So every version of me, every version of me, will be sitting in the sun with a beer in hand across all the timelines immediately after that is done. I love, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And in fact, I think in that spirit, um, Laura, I mentioned we have our closing ritual mm -hmm. where uh, usually we look in terror. But but I, I think that, you know, it's again, this feels like it's like a nice summer break. Um, and uh, um, Gabby, you were you know, mentioning that, you know, right now, actually, things are chill. Looking forward in the multi-universe, there's just a whole wave of chill that's passing through. And um, so the ifs that are coming, this is the we so. so Gabby, just you know, tell us what is this, and what would this new version be like? This ritual. Yeah, I mean, we normally scream the name of the show in awe and terror of the all the potential realities and ifs that are assailing us. But I think this time it might be a little bit more like you know water park esque. Like we're just out here having a fun time. <laughs> water park, we're still yeah. excited and invigorated by the ifs uh, that we you know are using to power us as we, we shout the name of the show, but it's a little bit more of a fun time than the existential horror that we normally channel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Laura, if you would join us and we will, we say the name of the show very slowly, but now with a new vibe. Uh, so water park, how, how else would we, what, uh, almost like an acting, what, what direction Gabby do we have as a, as performers? Slightly, here? slightly more 
you know, enthused, you're happy about it. Okay. It's, yeah, but you're still excited. You're still like, ah, That's a little right. bit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so as we think of all the ifs coming to us from all the, the beaches of the world, of all the vacations in the world, as we, we all feel the satisfaction of having been qualified to be who we are for at least the next few years, we can't help but sing, say, to the universe. What? So, hope you're all having a great summer. Thank you, Laura, for, t- for joining us. Thank you, Gabby, as always. Good luck with your qualifying thing. And to all of you, write in feedback at whattheif.com. Go to our website, whattheif.com. And, and right there on your podcast app, check out all our a bunch of previous episodes. Look for the time travel ones and all the others. Uh, leave us a review using that app. That would be amazing. That really helps us grow the show. Matt Stanley will be back from his assignment. Uh, we believe, you know, at least in one of the uh, one of these timelines, and we look forward to seeing you all. Um, Bill Hall of Famer, we salute you. See you all next week.